Essentialism by Greg McKeon One sentence summary Essentialism shows you an entirely new way of productivity and life by giving you a systematic discipline to help you be extremely selective about the essential things in your life and then ruthlessly cutting out everything else. My favorite quote from the author is Remember that if you don't prioritize your life, someone else will. Greg McKeon Published in early 2014, this is one of the most recent books on how to get more out of your life by doing less. Remember how Steve Jobs said focus was about saying no? This book is all about how you can take this concept and apply it to your whole life. Comparing essentialist with non-essentialist from chapter to chapter, this book slowly but surely gives you a set of principles and tools to identify everything in your life that's not important and cut it out. Here are three great starting points. 1. Doing nothing and doing everything are both signs of learned helplessness. 2. Become the editor of your own life with the 90% rule. And 3. Always give yourself a buffer of 50%. Ready to step on to the essentialist path? Let's take a hike. Essentialism Lesson, lesson 1. Doing nothing and doing everything are both signs of learned helplessness. This answers the question, what is one of the root causes of procrastination? If you're not doing anything, that of course means you're not getting important things done. However, so does doing everything. Both camps are equally bad and a result of learned helplessness. Learned helplessness is a concept first observed by Martin Seligman, happiness researcher and author of Learned Optimism. It was originally observed in an experiment where dogs were administered electric shocks. All dogs had a lever they could pull, which would stop the shocks for one group, but not for the other. Later, both groups of dogs were placed in a large box with a low divider between a shock zone and a shock-free zone. The dogs who had had the chance to stop the shocks before instantly jumped to the shock-free zone. The ones where the lever had been of no use didn't. They had learned to be helpless and just accepted their fate. Whether we're doing nothing or trying to do everything, we're giving up our power to choose, just like the dogs. When you find yourself throughout your day saying, I have to do X, I have to do Y, over and over again, it's likely you've got to some extent given others the power to choose for you. So here's how to go from I have to do to I choose to. Essentialism, lesson two. Become the editor of your own life with the 90% rule. This answers the question, what is a simple rule you can use to assess the importance of your to-dos? Jack Dorsey explained the job of being the CEO of Twitter as being like an editor. He has to edit teams, financials, and the company's vision on a consistent basis. Being an editor is about adding, but mostly about removing what's not adding. Essentialism teaches you to become the editor of your own life, and one of the rules it gives you to do so is the 90% rule. For every item, to-do or decision you consider, only look at the most important criterion and give it a value between 0 and 100. Everything that's under 90 is considered a 0 and has to go. For example, when sorting out your closet, you could calculate the likelihood of ever wearing a piece of clothing again. If it's below 90%, why keep it? Similarly, for your to-do list, you can ask how likely is this to really help me make progress towards my most important goal. This is very similar to Steve Jobs' advice about focus and Derek Sivers' it's either hell yes or no approach, 
and will help you say no more often to leave only the things in your life which are adding the most value to your overall story. Essentialism Lesson 3 Always add 50% of the time you think you need as a buffer. This answers the question, how can I make sure I get all my to-dos done? You know what the most beautiful part about saying no is? The feeling of having enough time to attend to the things that you do say yes to. However, focusing on few things does not mean you'll end up idle. You still have to plan them. For example, even when you just pick three tasks for your day, it's easy for them to take more time than you expect. Thinking we're able to estimate how much we can get done in a day and that everything will go as expected is one of our major flaws as humans. That's why McKeon suggests always adding 50% of the time you think a task takes as buffer, in order to account for the unexpected. When you think writing an article will take you one hour, plan 1.5 hours in your calendar. Estimate a Skype call to go for 30 minutes, plan 45, and so on. This buffer will leave you room to breathe and help you not freak out when things run long, which they often do. But for the essentialist, this is okay, because he or she knows that planning extra time for the unplannable is the essentialist way of making time for what is, well, truly essential. My personal takeaways from essentialism for 2017. Okay, one thing I have to add with this book is there's a graphic in the book. I think that's actually the most important or the best part of the book. And sadly, it's hard to represent a graphic um, in a summary that doesn't do graphics because that's just part of the format and then in audio here. But I'll try to explain it anyway um, because it's really powerful. So he has this graphic where he says, let's say you have 12 waking hours in the day, right? Like maybe you have 16, but you subtract some for getting up, uh, taking a shower, eating, and so on. So let's say you have 12 waking hours each day. And then he puts a circle in the middle and he says, you can take those 12 hours and draw an arrow for each hour and apply this, this force of energy that you have or whatever you do in that hour, your energy, you can apply that to 12 different things. And so you would have kind of like a clock, a circle in the middle, and then 12 arrows going out from the circle and each one goes in a different direction right looks kind of like a clock then you make progress on 12 different things in 12 different directions however he says now imagine if you took all 12 hours and applied them in one direction and so then what he does is he takes the 12 hours he 12 arrows he puts them all on one line and then you see this huge line that goes straight into one direction and the progress is massive and i think that's a really powerful way to explain very visual very easy to understand that if you spend your day, if you compartmentalize your day and you do so many different things, you're bound to make very little progress in all of these directions. Um, and sometimes that's the case, and for some days that has to be, that's okay. But actually, you're much better off if you shoot for a situation where on most days you can apply a very, very good amount of your time in one direction to one specific thing. So when I want to write an article... I usually try to make those days article writing days, right? So recently that's got gotten harder because I've taken on a side job, uh, I have any quote to manage. So I have a couple little things that take me about an hour a day that I have to do. So that's like three, four or five hours each day I'm spending in three, four, five different things. And that makes it harder for me to say, okay, today's article writing day and I can just spend eight hours writing the article. So that's a very 
cool model to keep in mind because you can instantly assess the quality of your to-dos each day in a very simple way. Um, I haven't tried the 90% rule uh, except for clothing because that's basically the question I've asked myself all along. Like, If I haven't worn this in a year, will I ever wear it again? And if the answer was no, I just threw it out and I threw out I think like 75% of my wardrobe in 2013 or so. No, I bought some, I have to do it again sometime, but um, that was really powerful. But other than that, I haven't tried that rule. Uh, I have tried the 50% buffer and I've also recommended that to some of my coaching clients and they found it really, really helpful. Because usually where the stress comes from is, uh, especially if you have a packed calendar and if that's how you work, for me, I don't. I usually schedule only the things where I have to be somewhere, I have a call and then I make notes about the other tasks and I let them take as much time as they need to. But for the others, I found it really helpful to add this 50% buffer because the stress comes from when your car breaks down, when a friend takes longer to show up, when your wife calls you, when you when the dog gets sick, you know, all these things that just happen in everyday life. And that's when it becomes really stressful because then you're suddenly struggling to because you're behind. And this 50% buffer really makes sure of that. It's very easy to go 50% of time over. You wouldn't believe how often this happens to me. And I bet how often this happens to you. You realize, look, it's one hour later and I was supposed to have this, have this done like 30 minutes ago. So that's a very good idea to try. Um, and with learned helplessness, doing nothing, doing everything. I mean, obviously you want to be doing everything is a better problem to have than doing nothing. Um... But this is something I had to learn the hard way because when you want to do so much and you, you have so many ideas and everything's going great, you take on more and more and more and all of a sudden you find yourself yep, doing, not, doing nothing really meaningful at all. And so that's a balance you have to learn to strike. Um, but I think if you're just beginning or if you come from the problem side where you do nothing at all, where you like the dog laying in the box and not jumping out even if you can, um, then you're better off just getting off your ass and starting doing stuff. All right, I hope this has been helpful. I've written a guest post on Productivityist, the blog, uh, about essentialism, which is way longer and has some other ideas about it. You can Google that, Productivityist, Niklas Gürke, you'll find me um, if you want more about this book. And other than that, I hope you enjoyed the summary, and I'll see you on the next one.